0: Exploring faith journeys and inspiring ministries that embody the good news of God, this is the Cumberland Road. I'm your host, T.J. Melanosky. Today, Reverend Mitch Bolton joins us. Mitch is a Cumberland Presbyterian minister, and he's serving the Olivet Church. He did a yoked ministry at Antioch Union and New Ebenezer. He served as a youth minister at the Milan Cumberland Presbyterian Church, and also at the Sturgis Cumberland Presbyterian Church. Mitch, it is good to have you on the podcast today. How are you?
1: I'm well, TJ. Thank you uh, so much for having me. And uh, I look forward uh, to this time. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. The honor is mine. And I love beginning these conversations with a question and you can uh, run with it in in the path that you want to, but everything has a beginning. And so I like asking can you recall your earliest experience, your earliest encounter with God?
1: Yes. Um, born and raised in, uh, the Cumberland Presbyterian church. Um, my home church is Bethel Cumberland Presbyterian church in, uh, Kentucky. That's West Tennessee, just outside Paducah. Um, my grandparents went there. Um, that's where my parents went. That was where I was, uh, raised. Um, One was introduced to Jesus, obviously, through the Sunday school class system. Uh, There was a dear lady, uh, Mammy, is what she was called. Uh, (laughs) Alice Earl King was her name, but everybody called her Mammy. You know, she did a great job of instilling those early stories in Sunday school class and grew up. um, Didn't have a whole lot of ministers in my life, far as transition in in the pulpit. So uh, for most of my life, uh, Vernon Murphy was the pastor there. And it was in 1980. I can remember clearly. Uh, it was in November. Um, it was actually November the 16th. The, the church had a choir loft that had a women's side and a men's side. And they faced each other. It was, And um, I would always sit on the front row the choir loft against the wall primarily to hide from my parents um so I could sleep honestly just just to be perfectly honest and uh and so we're sitting a, there
0: and just a disclaimer this is a young Mitch Bolton yes this is, this a is young, young, young nineteen eighty so
1: I am um I have just turned uh thirteen and uh and so I'm sitting there you know I would sing the songs and stuff and, and participate but You know, I was a typical 13-year-old boy as well, and I remember uh, Brother Murphy uh, preaching about uh, the separation of the sheep and the goat. And can't tell you what happened, uh, only that the Holy Spirit was convicting me and did convict me. And it felt like when he finished and uh, he went down. To the, to the front to uh, offer invitation to anyone. Like a spring was in my rear end. I mean, I shot out of that, that pew. And there was a – it had the false wall in front of you, you know, to help ladies cover that when they – and I almost jumped over that. But uh, there was some – Brent Buchanan and, and Randy Davis, friends of mine, were – like I said, I was against the wall. So, I mean, I'm pushing out. I'm doing all I can do to physically get out. And, um, I don't know what it is about being young, but if ministers always seemed like had big hands, you know, maybe I I don't know what that uh, is about, but anyway, I went down and Vernon Murphy was a pretty good sized uh, man. And I remember standing behind him, he had his back to the choir loft and I was yanking on his, uh, coat and he turned around, he looked at me, he said, Mitch, what do you want? And I said, I don't want to be a goat. Hmm. Uh, I want to be a sheep and accepted the Lord that day. And, uh, you know, that's my earliest encounter. I I grew up in a, it's a rural church as a lot of CP churches are, but, um, just, it was good folk who loved the Lord and, and loved each other for, you know, not to say that churches sometimes don't stumble and have those moments in which it doesn't appear that way, but for the most part, that was the case. And that's, you know, that's my earliest experience. Um, with with the Lord, of course, continue to go to church there, and you know had those moments in life. Um, after you get out of high school, you uh, enter in the ranks of college and this and that, and, and you know walked away from the Lord, and 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 the Lord led me to a, a, a godly wife, and uh, she wanted me back in church, and I I didn't really want to be back in church. I can sit here today and look back at the 20 something year old Mitch and see God was calling to me. I need you to do more. I didn't want to do more. And I'm sure if you've, as many people as you've interviewed for this TJ, you've probably heard something similar Mm. to this. I know. And, you know, and, and chased that for a while. Then I, uh, went to uh, was always in camping. I, as a child, I camped, um, 4-H camp church camp and everything. So our daughter was about, uh, seven or so her first year of church camp. So I'd be second or third grade. And, uh, I went, my wife went to help with church camp. This is in covenant Presbytery up in Kentucky at the time. So, um, I got in the room with two ministers. One is no longer with the denomination, Paul Tucker, and the other one, David Leneve. And Paul was my uh, pastor at the church I was attending, and they just wore me out. They could see the yearning and calling and how miserable I was, and they just wore me out. So I come home. If my wife was here, she would tell you the same story. I come home and said, well, I'm going to quit my job, go back to school, and start preaching. And... and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what <laughs> and um you know just started that process of discerning does god want me into uh, pulpit ministry or does he want me just to be a, a a great sunday school teacher or whatever so i was working through that and uh, paul was going to be out uh, sunday And he said, is there any of you guys, any of the elders that was at the end of a session meeting? Uh, Is there any of y'all who want to preach? And I just, I said, I'll do it. And everybody just kind of does that turn over to me like, (laughs) oh, my gosh, no. And, um, of course, was extremely nervous uh, before. But once during the preparation and during the actual preaching, I had never felt more calm and at peace.
0: Hmm.
1: Not that I, I walked up in the pulpit with arrogance, but th- it felt, okay, this is spiritually what the Lord is calling me to do. And so it just kind of went from there, surrendered to the ministry of covenant presbytery. Um, I was working as a land surveyor, worked for a company, geotech engineering was not at a place uh, one spiritually, or financially where I could just quit and, and do a traditional path. I was 32 at the time. So I started uh, night classes at uh, affectionately called Paducah University. Those who up in Kentucky, they'll know what I'm referring to. It, it was Paducah Community College at the time. So started school there at night classes um, and did that for, golly, Till see that was in 2002, all the way to 2004, and so it was getting to a point where the night classes were ending. You know, there's only so many night classes. Now, people gotta understand this is not like today, where you have online. It, this you actually had to attend a class and everything. So it was getting to the point where uh, that was was there was just nothing left to take at night. Something was going to have to give. Uh, Nothing wrong with the pause route, but I I wanted, I failed in my first try in college right after high school. I was a typical kid who was not prepared for college, Uh, educationally, emotionally, was not prepared for it. So it it didn't go well, and I wanted to go back. I wanted to go through school, and I wanted to go to seminary. So we're sitting there. Uh, Jeff Biggs was in the room and Bert Owens. I don't know if you know either one of those. or remember Bert. Mm -hmm. Bert's gone. On to Glory. Bert says, "Well, Mitch, would you go to Bethel?" And uh, I said, "Bert, I said, I you know, I would love to, but I can't afford it." And Bert says, "It'd be free." I'll never forget Jeff Biggs is leaned up in a corner in a chair. He sits down and says, "Bert, you're crazy. There's no way I had to pay my way." Bert says, "Well, that's your that's your Presbytery's fault." <laughs> and so they got into a, a back and forth, and. um, uh, so finally, I, I don't remember who it was in the room, but finally somebody says, well, Mitch, would you at least, if we look into it, would that be something you'd be interested in doing? I said, well, absolutely. So Jeff Biggs went with me. Uh, that was a Saturday, that following Thursday, we went to Bethel. Jeff picked me up at my house. Jeff was pastoring um, a sister church there in Paducah. I just went blank on it. Uh, Mount Ster- not not Mount Sterling, oh gosh. They'll shoot me back home if I get it wrong. <laughs> I'm going to skip over it. Um, and so he picked me up. We drove to McKenzie, went down to the financial aid office. And uh, I think her name was Kathy. Jeff told him, uh, told, told her who we was while we were there. And he says, I know this is not true. She goes, no, it's absolutely true. She literally reached down in the right-hand drawer, pulled out a piece of paper and says, can you sign for him? Jeff goes, yeah. And I was enrolled at Bethel just like that. Wow. Uh, and people don't understand. If you are under the care of a Presbytery, you can go to Bethel University now tuition free. I don't, you know, a lot of that don't get publicized. And so I drove back and forth. We were living in Wycliffe, Kentucky. So for two years, I drove back and forth, graduated in 08 with an undergrad in Christian education, um, then obviously went on uh, to MTS. And right now I'm working on my doctorate in Knox Seminary. Wow. I so, didn't know if that's where you wanted me to go, TJ,
0: but I I no, you're, you're, you're doing fine. Mitch, tell me what it's like to get these little affirmations throughout your life of basically, you know, you're struggling with the question, is this what I'm supposed to do? And then you get these little affirmations, whether it's another person or, you know, just trial and error. So what, what is that like? It's not always that way for everyone.
1: Uh, peace peace and assurance. Um, And maybe they're, maybe they hold each other's hand, peace and assurance. Mm. Um, But for me, um, I I grew up, I I was not very good. I was not a very good student. Come to find out later in life that I I struggle with dyslexia. Um, I don't flip letters, but I transpose letters and still read it. Mm. So for me, I would spell cat T-A-C. And it wasn't till later in high school, a teacher actually caught it and says, wait a second. It, it, I had the letters I, I was spelling it and I don't do it for every word and I don't do it all the time. Hmm. But there are moments I do that. And so going through getting into school and doing, being able to graduate and, and everything and in process, that was one affirmation that I'm looking back at a at a young child and a young man who struggled, and now see a a man which God has brought able to read and write and do things that I that that kid never dreamed of. So that's one affirmation. The other one is being called, uh, T.J. to, you know, to churches that a, a group of believers would would once you and feels the Lord is calling you to be. Uh, their, their shepherd, their pastor, their counselor. Um, I'll share this you know, real quick. I, I can't speak for you, but I dare say you've had many of these experiences as well as anyone who will listen to this. You have those moments in which you are definitely in the valley and you know God's there because scripture tells us that, but in our humanness, we, we really don't feel it sometimes. So Friday, I get a call from these uh, young ladies in our church that are in college. And um, they've got a good friend whose Lord's uh, softening their heart and is asking them questions about the gospel. And they called me. They don't call their parents. They, you know, they called me. You know, and I just told my wife, you know, we were traveling together at the time. I just started in tears. You know, those moments just bring you, and I, I want to throw another word confirmation. I mm-hmm. think we all struggle sometimes. Even if you're a seasoned pastor or or one coming into ministry, those affirmations g- give you confirm, confirm confirmation that yes, I am still. This is still going on, and God is still using me. So I, that you know, that's kind of where I would go with that.
0: All right, um, we've talked a bit about the past. Let, let's talk kind of presently. Where do you see God in the world today?
1: Well, if you watch. TV it's not it's, he seems absent but that's so untrue i see I, we want a god i think so often who shouts and screams um is 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 so over the top there that we don't have to look it's it's just there but we we got to forget you know he's in the whisper as well As much as God is in the thunder, God is in the whisper. And and where I see the Lord working at today is kind of, I just want to piggyback with the young ladies there. I, I see God working even in this time through our local church here in the sense that we probably did a poor job prior to COVID in taking care of each other. In the sense of maybe not physically, but definitely emotionally and spiritually. And being encouragers. Um, in in my local context here at Olivet, that's where I have seen God work in that. The the church, primarily, the younger ones have looked at the older ones and go, "Okay, I I need a help here," in in whatever facet that is, shopping, getting food, um, just you know, standing out in the yard and having a chat with people. I've, I've noticed that as much as our church has been dispersed by COVID, but yet in places they have come together mm-hmm. during this time. In, in, in a way that maybe, and I, I say maybe, it, it would not have happened if we had not had this event in our world. That in my local context is where I see that God is working uh, here, at, here at all of it. And, and, and the desire of people, wanted they realize, wait a second, I need human intimacy. I, I, I need intimacy. I need, you know, obviously we can't always uh, hug and touch, but I, I still need that presence with a person. And so I've seen more of a hunger of that here at all of it, where I, I, it may have not been that way if that would have been the case. We've just been going about our normal life and, and whatnot.
0: I think it's causing us to review, reflect upon a community of faith, yeah. maybe sharpen those definitions a bit, so it's clear and maybe less taken for granted.
1: Yeah, and I, I've I've been impressed um, when when this first happened. We, I thought to myself, how how are we going to do this? I, I'll be honest. I I thought, well, this is going to be a three or four week deal. You know, it, what was that March something? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. And, and I naive or whatever you want to call it on my own part. But once we got to April and realized, okay, we're, we're looking at something a little longer. We, we took those in our church that we knew had no support system. May, whether it be a, a single mom or an elderly single person, you know, the, the whole gambit. Mm-hmm. And we just divided up the people among the session and, and made, okay, These are, these are your priority, if you will, until we get back, uh, you know, functioning the way we were. And I've been impressed at how they have, they have done that. And, um, I, I, you know, just things like that. I don't, I don't think we would have, you know, been as intentional Mm -hmm. uh, prior to that. So,
0: well, speaking of church and I wanted to ask you, what ideas, what hopes do you have for the church presently and in the future?
1: Wow. Well, unity is always a, a goal. You know, even within our own denomination, uh, there is, you can go, read your history books. <laughs> you, there's, there's always tension. And I don't know if you can get rid of that tension. Um, I would like to think we could and can. Uh, I would say unity, uh, across the board and I don't, I don't, I think I'm going to say this TJ and it may, it may make some of my fellow ministers mad, but I was, as I said, I come into this late in life. Um, and I have come to find out, and, and this is where I'm speaking about unity and if this I find often that ministers get jealous of other ministers.
0: <laughs> it's a competitive uh, world out there. It, it, is. it is, and <laughs> and I'm not saying
1: I do not as well. I, 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 as Paul says, I am the worst of sinners. I do this as well. Don't don't misunderstand. I'm not. And it is something that I've noticed. Well, their church is doing this, or, and I'm not talking amongst the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. It's there too. I'm talking. Like in my community here in Hardin County, Tennessee, you know, we have a ministry ministerial alliance, and it, there's always that. Well, we need to hold this event at my church, or we need to do it at my. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, that's what I'm referring to in in unity. Um, if if someone has a church of five people, that's where God has called them to serve. If someone has a church of five thousand, that's where God's called them to serve. And I think we need to understand that we've all and ordained in word and sacrament, for Protestants, obviously. And we need to have that as our unifying factor in in that we should rejoice when we see a church uh, grow or do well or whatever you want to attach to that. We should all rejoice. As in heaven, when a, when a sinner rejoices, the, the angels, re, we all should rejoice. And I think sometimes we don't. I think sometimes the human side of us grabs hold of us and says, you're not doing you know, what you need to do. And I think we look inwardly as well as ministers and elders sometimes. So that's where I would say I, my hope would be unity, mm-hmm. that we would praise uh, all together. And my hope is this, um, my hope is in Jesus Christ. I don't, it sounds like a Jesus Sunday school answer, I know. Um, I, I spoke about this yesterday morning and I did it before we even started worship. Our context here is is we are, we're in Hardin County in the town of Savannah, but we're really outside of town just a little bit. And I spoke to the point that, We're all looking for someone to lead us. And Samuel had this uh, little bit of a a saying with his folk. You know, they said, Samuel, you're getting old. Your kids are horrible. We need a king to lead us. You know, if you go back to 1 Samuel chapter eight, I would encourage anyone, just go go read that chapter. And I, I think we need to come back. And my hope is this, unity, that we would all, all understand who our true king is. And 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 rest in that and understand that no matter who is governing us, Jesus is Lord. And 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 rest in that. That would that as of today, November or whatever today is, you know, that's my that's my hope there, TJ.
0: You made me think when you were speaking of unity Um, the sharing, there's a sharing of joys and there's the sharing of concerns, which takes that competitiveness and maybe even envy sort of away is, okay, your burdens are my burdens and your joys are my joys. And then, then it isn't one against each other. It really is a a unification in terms of acknowledging and celebrating God's presence today together.
1: That'll preach, brother. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All
0: the, all the other stuff becomes secondary. Yeah, doesn't go away, but it's secondary. It's not quite as important. Yes, yeah.
1: I agree. I agree.
0: Mitch, where can we continue to follow you on your faith journey?
1: Sure. Um, well, you're anyone who's welcome to, they can go to our website, all of at cp.com, are our sermons are up. they're obviously Facebook live. Mm-hmm. Um, we do our Sunday morning, obviously it's a little, it's a little awkward. We just updated our video equipment. We already had cameras and stuff. We were kind of prepared for this somewhat. Um, but we've just updated it last week. And so if you watch this Sunday's, uh, sermon, it's going to look like one of them, uh, old Chinese movies that's been translated into English, but <laughs> the, the video and the audio is just a little bit skewed. And so we'll have that fixed, uh, This week, but um, you can join us at uh, eleven o'clock on Sunday morning. Uh, We also do our Bible studies on Sunday night. We live stream them, and then uh, Sunday night at uh, six o'clock as well. Um, you're, You're anyone's welcome to join us. And just get a hold of me. You know, if you ever just need somebody to scream at, I, I'm a good listener.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, be careful what you uh, offer. <laughs> I up. know. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Uh, Mitch, thank you for sharing your time. I appreciate and, it. Thank you. And thank you for listening to today's podcast. Grab a friend and join us on our next journey down Cumberland Road.